Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Tuesday, August 27th, 2019. I'm your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for joining me for today's episode. Uh, To start here, we are going to talk about some storylines that you guys might be interested in as Michigan State preps for its first game this season against Tulsa in just a few days. Uh, And then after that, we are going to welcome in Colton Pouncey from The Athletic to do a bit of a season preview similar to what we did with Steven yesterday, just uh, going back and forth about different things we're paying attention to, um, you know, where things stand in some position groups, and just, you know, what to expect with Michigan State here opening up the season in the first few games of the season. So good uh, discussion with Colton for sure. Looking forward to getting that out to you. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is the easiest way to get these episodes to your phone every single day. And if you wouldn't mind, head on over to iTunes, leave a five-star rating for the show. I would appreciate it very much. Also, doing a mailbag. Um, email me, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com, or tweet at me at Will underscore underscore Hunter, one L, two underscores. Send me questions. Uh, it could be about the Tulsa game. It could be about you know Michigan State in general, first few games, season long, whatever you want to send in. Frankly, it doesn't even have to be Michigan State related. Send in whatever you want. Mailbag um, questions are welcome. LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. And again, tweet at me at Will underscore underscore Hunter, 1L2 underscores. Uh, hopefully, I'll get a handful of those and you know compile them for Spartans Wire and then maybe go through some here on the podcast as well. All right, that's it for homework I believe. Yes, that's it for homework. So let's uh, get started talking about some top storylines as Michigan State gets ready for Tulsa. Okay, so I'm not going to do this entire uh, article. I wrote it at SpartansWire, spartanswire.usatoday.com. So you can check out the full thing there. I'm going to kind of go through it a little bit quicker. um, You know, the Cliff Notes version of it, if you will. It's not a super long piece, but I'm not going to labor on all these things. Um, but it's kind of, it's similar to the questions I've been asking for, uh, season preview stuff. And I asked Colton these questions, I asked Steven them yesterday, but I haven't really given my explicit thoughts about all of them. And some of them are a little bit different. So that's, uh, that's where we're going to start here today. And I want to start with the first storyline is just, you know, what does the offense look like? It's the one we've all been asking. It's probably the biggest question going into the season. It's either that or, or Brian Lewerke, which I'll get to in a second. But that's the big one. What are what are the changes? What, if any, changes are there? Uh, you know, how do we classify this Michigan State offense? Um, you know, under Brad Salem, I think you know, just stylistically, it'll look a little bit different. But kind of uh, intent will be similar, if, if that makes sense. They may line up in a little bit more uh, eleven personnel. And eleven personnel is one running back, one tight end three wide receiver sets. So a little bit more spread out. Those those uh, formations tend to be spread out. Um, and with that, you know, you try to widen the field a little bit and use uh, horizontal space to help create running lanes. And I, I think Michigan State will do that a little bit more, um, but there'll still be plenty of 21 or 12, two tight ends, two running backs, 22 stuff uh, as well. So, you know, it's certainly not the end of the two back sets, two tight end sets at Michigan State. I, I still think we'll see plenty of that, but I would bet we see more 11 personnel with Cody White, Daryl Stewart, and uh, Speedy Naylor on the field together. And, you know, Fleury's Nelson or Cam Chambers work in different sets um, as well. But I think that'll be something that we'll see a little bit more. I think one thing we've kind of harped on is tempo. I think we'll see more tempo, and I just want to kind of reiterate that, that 
it's it's a simple change that can really make a difference because it forces you to simplify a little bit, run things that you are best at. Um, it helps quarterbacks get into a rhythm when they can just move to the next play and keep things going. You keep defenses on their heels. It makes them harder to substitute uh, on the defensive end. It's harder for a defense to get in uh, different play calls. Uh, you know, if they're trying to run some sort of stunt up front, they have less time to communicate that, less time to shift if they need to. You see it all the time. A linebacker slaps a defensive tackle on the butt, uh, yells at them, and they shift over. You know, when you're going with tempo, it's harder to do that. So sometimes you just kind of freeze out that technique and you say, we're just staying in base. We've got this check. We've got this check. We've got this check. Uh, when they're in tempo, and that really simplifies what a defense can do against you, and it, and it makes them more predictable, and it's uh, something that can be used to great advantage of the offense. So I think we'll see more tempo. I hope we see more shifting, some pre-snap motions, uh, running backs in and out of the backfield on motions, doing things that can help diagnose the defense before the snap for Brian Lewerke. We'll see more pistol and shotgun, I would guess. We've seen that already in the spring game, the Red Box Bowl. We saw a pistol formation. I think we'll see that uh, less under center, more time with the quarterback facing the defense. And, you know, anytime a quarterback has to turn his head uh, from the defense to uh, really run play action when they're setting back up to, to throw the ball, um, you know, that makes it harder. You turn your head and you turn back around and you have to redigest everything that has transpired in the second since you turned around. So, I think uh, the quarterbacks will be facing the defense much more. And with that will comes more zone read, uh, more RPO type uh, actions, you know, the modern offense that we would like to see. It's not going to be full on that. There's still going to be times, like I said, where Michigan State's going to try to run between the tackles out of a heavy formation. Uh, and there'll be times where they run on first and 10 when we're mad and they'll run a jet sweep to the short side every now and then. But I think it'll be similar to what we've seen with some modernizations and little wrinkles that help kind of make the game a little bit easier for Brian Lewerke and all the guys. You know, the goal is to get the ball in your playmaker's hands in space and whatever they can do to do that, uh, I think will be the the bigger changes, whether that's motions, tempo, uh, running different route combinations, running easier things, um, you know, different man beaters, pick routes that Michigan State hasn't done a ton of, frankly, crossers, stuff like that. Uh, I think we'll see more of that, but it still will be uh, Michigan State offense. It's not like they're going to be running the air raid or anything like that. And Michigan State has slowly over the years kind of been updating, adding things. Uh, I think, you know, Salem can certainly improve on creative play calling and just doing a better job of commanding a game as a play caller. And so I'm still hopeful that he can have some of that. It seems like uh, he's respected in that regard from his previous stop. So, some tweaks here or there, not major changes, and I don't think we'll see a ton of it the first few games. I think uh, it'll start to really play out Arizona State and once Michigan State gets in the conference. After that, another storyline, of course, is Brian Lewerke. You know, what does he look like? Is he the 2017 or 2018 version of himself? Uh, and, you know, kind of excluding the injury stuff, the first handful of games, um, he wasn't the sharpest. There were times where he looked like he was thinking, overthinking in the pocket, trying to stay in there, do too much as a passer and not, you know, letting his instincts, his athleticism take over for him. And that's something he's talked about, something the coaches have talked about, that he's got to find that balance between being an effective pocket passer and just being a good athlete who can make plays out in space with his legs. Um, all indications I've gotten from talking with him, from talking with teammates, from talking with coaches, and everyone in the media has gotten the same thing is that, um, Brian has really grown, matured from the last year. Um, he's improved as a leader. He's, you know, he's gone through some adversity. He's had some life experience and he's really used it in a positive way to help sort of 
fuel his growth. And I think that's going to be big for him this season. Like a little thing goes wrong for him this year. And I think he'll be able to really let it fall off his back much easier than last year, given what he's gone through. So I anticipate seeing uh, him look really good, but that is something certainly we're going to be looking out for in this first couple of games here. Uh, Another interesting storyline is the backfield, the running backs, who is going to establish themselves. I think Connor Hayward gets the first shot at it and Ladarius Jefferson will get uh, some early work at it as well. We'll see about Anthony Williams Jr. He did get hurt in that first scrimmage. So, you know, D'Antonio's mentioned some people are nicked up. We'll see if Anthony Williams Jr. dresses for this game or if we got to wait a couple of weeks to see him. Um, but I think he's going to get a shot as a change of pace guy. I think Eli Collins is going to get a shot. And I, I think Brandon Wright will too, true freshman Brandon Wright. Um, you know, thanks to that four game uh, freshman red shirt rule, Anthony Williams Jr. and Brandon Wright, you can give them an opportunity and not burn a red shirt. And so I think they're really going to kind of run through these guys, see who can do it. They've been talking about how they need to see these guys in game action, see who establishes themselves. You know, Connor Hayward, Ladarius Jefferson are a bit known commodities. Um, how much have they improved? Uh, what can Eli Collins bring to this? What can Brandon Wright do as a true freshman? It might be a few games of trial and error to see who can kind of establish themselves, but we'll you know, certainly see a handful of running backs the first few games for Michigan State. And then the offensive line, similar situation. A lot of guys in and out of the lineup. Uh, some injuries. I, I would think Matt Allen, Jarvis, um, and uh, maybe Jordan Reed are, are kind of locked in at the line like we talked about yesterday. But other than that, it, it's, it looks like it's going to be a platoon situation. And watch specifically, and, and I talk about this with Colton, watch that push. Because if they can't get a push against Tulsa, if they can't get a push against Western Michigan, um, that is a harbinger of bad things to come for Michigan State. So it's not sexy to watch the offensive line, uh, but do it for sure these first couple of games just to see how things are shaking out there. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, when we get back, Colton Pouncey from The Athletic will join us, and we will continue uh, this discussion here. Guys, football season, it's back. We are finally back. We finally have games at Spartan Stadium, and if you want to get to this game, if you want to go watch Michigan State play against Tulsa or go to any game, really, it doesn't even have to be a Michigan State game. It could be a Michigan State basketball game. It could be a, a, a Lions game, whatever you want. Doesn't even need to be a game. Anything you need tickets for, you need to check out Vivid Seats. I've been telling you about Vivid Seats. Uh, if you listen to any sort of podcast, you know about Vivid Seats. It is the place to go to get tickets. And right now, they've got this cool new rewards loyalty program. You can attend the concert or show or game of your choice and earn credit towards your next live event. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to, and you can sort by price or look for seats in a specific section and row of your choice, all in the easy-to-use Vivid Seats app. And to make things even better, Vivid Seats has this new loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. It's called Vivid Seats Rewards for the month of August, so a few more days here. Earn double credit back from 10 to 16% on all your purchases purchases through the Vivid Seat app. Go to the App Store, Google Play, and download the Vivid Seats app, and you will be automatically enrolled to the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. And of course, with Vivid Seats, every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater tickets and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app, join Vivid Seats Rewards. Uh, download the app and join the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program today. And right now, enter promo code KICKOFF100 at checkout, and you can receive a discount of up to $100. That's promo code KICKOFF100 at checkout for a discount of up to $100. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. 
Guys, the NFL season begins next week, which means Crossover Wednesday is back. For the entire regular season, you will get a special episode every Wednesday as the hosts from Opposing Sides meet up to preview the excitement of the games happening that week. So Lions fans out there, Bears fans out there, you can hear your favorite host crossing over with your opponent's host every single week. Learn about the opponent uh, and get some great entertainment and information that way. Find your favorite team wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to not miss the NFL listeners' favorite segment. All right, we are joined now by Colton Pouncey from The Athletic. Colton covers Michigan State football, does a great job there, has been on the show before, second time back. So thanks for joining the show, Colton. How are you doing today? Not bad, man. How are you doing? Doing all right. Are you excited? Back? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just excited to have football back. I know. (laughs) It's been like, dude, like you know better than me because you're on the team every single day. I'm there like once a week. Um, it can be a grind these last few weeks. And you're just like, let's just play a freaking football game already. Right. I mean, yeah. especially for me, I'm, I'm only covering football. So yeah. Yeah. I get, way, yeah. I can dip my toe into basketball when we get some news and uh, yeah, for you, it's just like grinding out storylines and all that, but we are right. officially in game week here. A um, couple of days out from kickoff at Spartan Stadium. Uh, as Michigan State closes fall camp, turns the game week, um, where are you at with this team? What do you think, like just kind of broad picture, what is your view of this team and where they sit right now heading into their first game? Yeah, you know, I think my mindset is kind of similar with a lot of fans and maybe even, you know, some coaches and players on this team. That I think there's cautious optimism for what this team can do this year. Um you know, you just look at, at what they did last year, going 7-6 and six with everything going wrong on offense and all the injuries that built up over time. And, you know, I think better health helps them in the short-term and, and long-term outlook of this team. And then I think if you look at a, a few key areas to improve on, maybe the running game, you find it back there, and, you know, the offensive line has some steady improvement. Maybe you crack the top 70 offenses in the country and, and then you pair that with a good defense and you can do some things. So, I think that's kind of where I'm at. There is some cost of optimism, but it is, you know, at the, at the, at the bottom line, it's kind of a wait and see mode right now. Mm-hmm. The people who've been around this program, fans, people covering the team who've been around through the entire D'Antonio era, I understand why they have optimism, but you're uh, newer around these parts. And so I'm curious just to kind of get that perspective. What do you think it is being around this team that has you, you know, coming off that season, you know, cautiously optimistic, but still optimistic nonetheless? Yeah, you know, obviously I haven't, you know, followed this team as closely as, as fans or, you know, people in the in East Lansing, but, you know, just watching from afar over over the years, it seems like even Michigan State has a down year or, you know, maybe a seven-win season where those are kind of below their standard. They always seem to bounce back. And, you know, you, you look at that 2012 season, they bounce back and win the Rose Bowl. Um, you look at the 2016 season, you go 3-9, and nine, you come back with a 10-win ten, ten season the next year. So I think D'Antonio has proven that, he can make those adjustments and, and he can get his team back to an area where, where they're competitive, where they're ranked every year, even when they have, you know, some shortcomings uh, the season before. So I, I, I get why people are, a lot of people are expecting a bounce back year. Um, and, and for me, just seeing what this team did last year, there are probably three games that they easily should have won. Mm-hmm. Um, Arizona State, Nebraska, and then the Red Box Bowl. Um, I think they should have won all three of those games if their offense was competent at all. Yeah, uh, it just wasn't. So you know, I, I do think there's room for that nine, ten win season, maybe a little bit more. Um, but they they're really going to need to get their stuff together, and we'll have to see how this team turns out. You know, the first couple weeks of the year. But 
no, I, I do think that there's there's a reason that people are being constantly optimistic about the team. Yeah, they didn't even need confidence. They just needed a pulse. And that's, that's like, <laughs> I don't know if we can get to competent, but I think they can get a pulse this season. And so that's like a low bar to hop over. And so I think, yeah, paired with that defense, there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic. Uh, yeah. Talking about the offense a little bit more in specifics, what sort of changes do you anticipate? Like Stephen Brooks and I were talking yesterday, just like we think it's just going to be some tweaks here or there, a little bit of tempo, a little bit more modernization, but still kind of a Michigan State offense. From what you've been able to gather, who you've talked to, what do you, if you had to guess right now, what do you think the first few games will look like on offense for Michigan State? Yeah, that's a good question because we honestly haven't seen a ton, and mm-hmm. that's all intentional. They're keeping things close to the vest and – you know, we even during during fall camp, I was going. We probably only got 10, 15, 20 minute tops out there, and a lot of that was, was, was stretching. So, yeah, I think the beat writers are, are kind of waiting to see it's just as much as the fan base right now. And, and I guess I can point to tempo. Um, that was something they tried to get more involved with in the, in the Red Box Bowl, although that's really led to more punting. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think they'll try to go a little bit more up tempo. I'm just not sure there's going to be that grand overhaul scheme change. I, I do think Brad Salem can bring a little bit more creativity in, in play calling. Um, maybe that's getting the ball, making a concerted effort to get the ball into the hands of the playmakers versus, you know, running, uh, you know, a power run with offensive linemen that, that weren't set up for that and, and running backs that weren't that experienced last year. And, and that was kind of their system last year. And they would stick to that, even though they didn't really have the pieces for it. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's looking at that wide receiver for this thing. Hey, this is our strength right now. We have a guy like Jalen Naylor who's a game breaker. Let's get him more involved. We have Daryl Stewart Jr., who is an underrated jump ball receiver. He's just super reliable in the slot. And then Cody White, who is having a breakout year before he got hurt. So I think it's maybe maybe looking at the strengths from last year and, and some of the things that did go right and then making more of an effort to, to you know, turn things around this year. So I, I'm not sure I can point to one concrete area where I can say, okay, this is what we're going to see in week one. but I do think that stuff is happening behind the scenes and we'll see it sooner or later. Mm -hmm. One thing that has to improve for sure this season is quarterback play. And it was just for a million different reasons all over the board last year. A lot of eyes were going to be trained on Brian Lewerke. I think just the the couple of times I've talked with him, he seems really like he has matured in this last year. Like it is a cliche, like using failure to strengthen yourself or learning from mistakes however you want to put it, but he seems like he's really kind of bought into that. What are the biggest differences you've noticed with him from this year to last year? And then what are you kind of expecting from him uh, as a quarterback this season? Yeah. You kind of mentioned this a little bit, but when you talk to him, you can just sense that he's a different player. And, Mm -hmm. you know, last year when he was coming off that, that, that 2017 sophomore season, when that was kind of his breakout year, you know, he was always a confident guy, but I don't really know if he had, the life experience to back it up you know he's voted a captain based on his play like guys seem to like him on the team but you know and he's even like alluded to this a little bit that um he didn't always feel like that life experience was there and and now that he has that he's gone through some adversity which you know cliche and all but i, I think it's true with him and mm-hmm. yeah he's better equipped to handle struggles that come his way you know maybe a receiver drops a pass or his throws inaccurate it's not going to get to him you know he'll bounce back quicker um, he'll, he'll put it to bed. He's a guy that I think he's matured so much going to his senior year that, you know, a, a healthier arm 
uh, to go along with that. I, I think he'll, be, he'll have that bounce back year that you hear people talk about. So that's that's the biggest thing I've seen with Brian the work. He just his confidence has returned because at one point he was a broken quarterback. You know, he's talking about I can't even lift my shoulder, my arm yeah. above my, my shoulder, and yeah, like when when you hear that, that's just a player that that is, is gone mentally. So I, I think he's returned. Um, players say that the zip is back on his ball. So I think you couple all that together and, and he's in store for bounce back here too. Yeah. He just seems really at peace, like with everything yeah. it's, a, he's got, it was really, he was introspective at media day talking a lot about like, uh, like the things he went through just in, in his mental game. And I thought that was really revealing and, and showed a lot of maturity for him uh, that maybe wasn't quite there last year. Cause he didn't have those life experiences. So I'm really interested to see how that plays out. All right, we'll be right back with Colton here after a quick commercial break. Guys, long day at work? Still stuck at the office? Well, open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. All right, welcome back to Locked on Spartans. Let's finish up strong here, segment three, with Colton Pouncey of The Athletic previewing this season for Michigan State. Were you able to get any sort of beat on this uh, this running back race in fall camp? I don't think we, anyone got a good feel for how it's going. Um, you know, Michigan State's looking for a bell cow guy. Do you have any inkling that they found their bell cow guy, or is it going to take a few games to figure this out? You know, you know the quote I keep going back to, I think it was Chris Olari that asked Mark Antonio how, how the running back looked in a scrimmage one day. Mm-hmm. And Antonio said, you know, Connor Hayward looked good. Elijah Collins looked good. Anthony Williams looked good. All the running backs looked good. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I, I just think that's where they're at with this position right now. And he said dating back to spring that he does want to find that guy that can carry the ball 200 times. And I, I just don't know if you're going to know who that guy is without playing some games first. So yeah, I think when you have a, a schedule that sets up for you to experiment a little bit, why not put Connor Hayward out there for a couple of plays? Why not put Ladarius Jefferson out there? Elijah Collins is a guy that's come on a little late here um, after being overlooked last year, and, and then you got some freshmen coming in. So why not see what at least four of those guys can do on a limited basis and then go from there and see which one of those guys emerges? And I, I ultimately think it will be a bit of a committee at first. Um, maybe once they get into Big Ten play, they'll want to focus on one guy and, and, and emerge, have that one guy emerge as a starter. But I don't know if you're going to see that too much during the season, at least in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, and it could ultimately end up being a committee thing. I was intrigued by that quote, too, because I was like, oh, Eli Collins is second here out of his mouth. But we'll see. I, I think, yeah, that, that stuff's going to take some time, need some game reps, and we'll see. Uh, I think all five guys could end up getting a shot at that job. Um on the line, uh, it's kind of a similar situation to the running backs, isn't it? I feel like they're going to be platooning guys. Is that the sense that you've got? They're going to be trying different guys. Like, you know, Matt Allen's pretty locked in. A couple other guys locked in. But it seems like they're going to be kind of rotating guys in and out on the line. Uh, is that the sense that you've got? Yeah, you know, that's something they did a lot last year. Um, and then I guess the question was when Jim Bowman was taking over, was he going to keep that going or, or try to yeah. find his own group? and? He said he wants to play as many guys that he thinks can play as yeah. possible. So if he says five guys can play and I'm confident these five guys, I think that's what it will be. If he thinks that he can find a group of eight or nine that, that can all, you know, add something to this group, I think he'll try to, wait, try to find a way to work those guys in too. Um, so I think that's what, 
you know, that's what we're looking at with this offensive line group, and, and that's how it should be, really. Um, either find the best five that you think can, can last the entire season and can do some things, or, you know, try some guys out, making an audition, you know. So I, there's so much instability with this offensive line right now, so I, I just think that that's the way to go with it early on at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, shifting to the defensive side of the ball, there seems to be much less to talk about because the excellence is known. Um, but what are some things that you're looking forward to seeing these first few weeks uh, with that defense? Yeah, um, the one thing I look to with this defense, and you know, it's hard to, to nitpick when you're top ten in scoring and yards allowed. But I do think linebacker depth could could be an issue at least early on. Um, you know, obviously we never got like Joe Bocci back. It kind of makes things easier, and, and you're depending on that guy to lead the charge. But you know, they lost a lot of depth back there with you know John Resty, Grayson Miller, Andrew Dowell, obviously Byron Bulla. So they're they're gonna have to replace some of those guys and. Right now, it's looking like that group of, of redshirt freshmen in the 2018 class are kind of the guys that are leading the way there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Ed Warner is competing with Noah Harvey for the backup middle linebacker job. Um, Jess Lord Botang is kind of settled in at that backup star job behind Antoine Simmons. So I, I, I think there are some young guys that are going to join the rotation, which will be good, and I'll set them up for more playing time next year when some guys leave. But I think early on, as they adjust to the college game in their first really the, the you know, taste of college football. Um, I think there could be some issues there. And, again, I think the early schedule sets up well for them to get their feet wet a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one thing I look at with this defense. There aren't too many questions, really, when you look at everything they have coming back and just the talent. They're just loaded at most positions. So, yeah, if that's one area to look at, I think that's, I think that's the one. Uh, last question here. Just um... – if someone who's a Michigan State fan who maybe has been following the news a little bit uh, is aware of some things but not totally locked in and is just kind of you know getting ready for the season here, what are some things on opening night, first couple of games, Western into Arizona State, that you would tell them, hey, look for this, watch this area, because it's going to be something like a predictor of success. If Michigan State can do this, then they'll be all set. If this is looking good, then we're, you know, maybe – there's a concern if this isn't working out. What are some of those spots for fans to watch here the first couple of games of the season? I know this isn't the, the, the position group that most people watch when they watch football, but I think you want to see the offensive line get a push up front. Mm-hmm. And I think if, you're looking, if, you, if you look specifically at the trenches and you see those guys, and MSU is you know, pushing those guys back a yard or two, that's going to be a good sign because it means the running backs are going to have holes to run. And I think those guys in, in year two, really getting their, their experience in Connor Hayward and Larry Stepson. I think if there are holes for them to run, they'll they'll be more equipped to, to handle that when they're there. Um, so getting a push-up front was the biggest thing with this offensive line last year. They're always pushed backwards. So yeah, that's one thing. Whether they're going forward or backwards. <laughs> Sounds pretty simple, but that's one thing I'm looking for. Um, I think a lot of it goes on to – a lot of it is, you know, about the offense. You look at Brian Lewerke's shoulder, and I think he's he's got that zip on his ball. He's throwing with authority. He looks confident out there. That's always a good sign because um, when he's right, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the Big Ten. Um, mm-hmm. That's another thing to watch for. Defensively, I'm looking at, you know, there aren't too many places, like I mentioned, to look for, but Xavier Henderson, uh, a young player, he'll be a sophomore this year. He's taken over that spot for Kari Wilson safety. Um, how does he do back there? Um, Josh Butler's the guy that MSU fans know. He'll he'll be filling out that corner spot opposite Josiah Scott. Um, one thing I looked at last year when Josiah Scott and Justin Lane played together, 
it was a total of five games. MSU only gave up 55 points in those five games of those two together. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think most fans are kind of expecting that to be the same, despite the fact that Justin Lane is gone. And he was a good player down the stretch, and Josh Butler is a serviceable player, but I, I, I hope that fans aren't going to equate them as being the same player because Josh Butler is a good player, but Justin Lane was, is an NFL cornerback, and there could be a bit of an adjustment there. Um, so, again, it's nitpicking on defense, but that's that, those are a couple areas that I'm watching for that week one, week two, week three mm-hmm. game of the season. Yeah, it'll be um, interesting to see with, with Josh. I think that Red Box Bowl made people um, more excited about this season, and that was a good job that those guys did against Oregon and a, and a good passing attack with a good quarterback. So the, I w- I'm with you. I would expect a little bit of a drop-off there, but we'll see how Josh kind of falls into that starting role if he's able to get his feet under him quickly. Um, we know he's a good player, but yeah, does he have the ceiling of Justin Lane? Maybe not, but that you know, it still should be a good pass defense. And I'm just, I'm going to repeat this, Colton. You just said it. I'm going to reiterate this a hundred times this week. Watch the line these first couple of games. Tulsa, Western Michigan, based on talent, pedigree, all that stuff. You would expect a Michigan State offensive line to be able to get a push uh, against teams like this if they can't. And against Arizona State, if it continues into that game, that might be a sign that things aren't going to really sort themselves out on that side of the ball with that line this year. So that's that's what I'm pointing to is the the number one thing to watch for uh, these few games. He is Colton Pouncey, writes with The Athletic, does a ton of stuff for them, great work. Uh, do you have anything uh, coming out this week you want to plug? Yeah, uh, we will have our, our podcast dropping at some point this week. Oh, uh, yeah. Not- yes. Yeah. We'll have our the competition. Episode, yeah. <laughs> but it's friendly, you know. We're oh, excited sure. about that, and um, yeah, you, can, you know you can go to the dot com and sign up, give us a try. We'll have some we'll have some content ready for the season. So yeah, we're excited to get going. And is is Chris your full time co host with that? Yes, Chris Benini yeah. will be yep. my co host. You know, obviously, MSU fans know who he is. Yep. Um, really excited to get him going. I think I think it'll be a really good deal with this podcast going. So yeah, excited about it. For sure. Yeah, definitely check that out. And, you know, his is only once a week. Mine's five days a week. So I, I still got your daily podcast covered here. Colton yeah. will pick up the slack for me with good shows with Chris once a week. Colton, thanks uh, a ton for joining the show. And we'll catch up with you down the road. All right. Yeah. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks a ton to Colton for joining the show today. Definitely check out his work at The Athletic in written and podcast form, although definitely check out the podcast after you listen to Lockdown Spartans. You got to be loyal, guys. I'm No, I'm just kidding. I'm sure his show is going to be really good with uh, Chris Vanini, who uh, you probably are familiar with if you've been following Michigan State Media at all. Both those guys do a good job at The Athletic, and they will do a good job with their show as well. All right, thanks so much for listening. We will be back tomorrow. Matt Hapner from The Only Colors will join us for the first, uh, I, I guess, the first edition of Film Room, although we won't be doing Film Room-type stuff here, uh, but Matt will be joining us throughout the regular season to do his Film Room uh, recap for Michigan State games, but we're going to have him on as a little season preview as well. Similar to what we did, it'll be a little bit different uh, than the Colton and Stephen Brooks interviews as well. So he'll be on tomorrow, and then uh, we will jump headfirst into Tulsa for Thursday and Friday, breaking down everything that we need to know about what they do on the football field. So look forward to that. We're just a few days away from Michigan State playing football. So looking forward to it. Thanks again for joining me. Uh, We will see you tomorrow.